0: Cast that digs into the unusual unorthodox and downright unsettling beliefs found at the depths of the internet and the heights of paranoia i'm your host dylan and with me is the lascivious and lunarian brent <laughs> well what does that mean um so lascivious means you're all into having you know sexy times yeah uh lunarian i was gonna use lunar um, referencing your newfound lack of hair, yes, a bit of the irony. But I didn't like the lack of a second symbol there, so I used Lunarian, <laughs> which is a race of being from Final Fantasy 4. Oh, so nice. using that video game knowledge to my syllabic benefit, nice, is what I am doing today, <laughs> and that is what you are.
1: Yes, that's right. I do. I did chop all my hair off. It's gone. Um, I you am look now beautiful. You look lovely. Thank you. I was talking to my mother about it, and I said, yes, I've cut my hair. And I was like, yeah, I'm now bald, completely bald. Just went oh, one extreme to the yeah, other. Yeah, you should just, just start, go, just go just all the it, way. Just it, completely, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so what holiday is it today? What day is this, huh? It's Veterans Day. Oh, Or the day after Veterans yeah, Day. Yeah, it's confusing. I
0: was um, pleasantly surprised because I did not have to pay for parking
1: oh, well, uh, that's today, nice. which was
0: one of the benefits. Yep.
1: It's also the day Trump wanted to have that military parade, but ended up backing out. So, Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, he was. Um, There's so yeah. much else
0: going on 24-7 that it's right. easy to forget these ill-gotten plans that didn't go through.
1: True. And it was $80 million, so that was probably probably good that that didn't oh. happen.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's too much. Yeah. It's I'm going to say
0: that's too it's much. It's a bit much. So what what are we talking about today, huh? We've come to the end, uh, at least for us. This is our fourth installment of our Russia investigation series, and we're bringing it to the end. Uh, So we'll be covering the events from December 1st, 2017. This is when Flynn entered a guilty plea, and we're going to cover right up to, I think, literally today.
1: Yeah, and unfortunately, not to spoil it, but Moeller did not conclude his investigation, so it's not a finality thing for, you know, for our podcast, but, um, yeah, yeah it's, it's a good. cliffhanger. He, you know, it could. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cliffhanger. There's exactly. going to be a
0: cliffhanger and, uh, hopefully we'll find out soon. I know lots of people are raring to hear those indictments, um, which, you know, that's part of what we'll talk about at the very end. Mm-hmm. We could literally get news while we're recording this. <laughs> that's where things stand. <laughs> We'll have to check Twitter and the, you know, the mainstream media once we get to the end of this thing, just to make sure nothing, you know, insane happened that, right. oh, Mueller yeah. turns out is actually a wizard. Yeah. um And has been, <laughs> you know, doing some kind of magical reconnaissance this whole time. Who knows? There's all sorts of big news stories that could be coming up. Yep. So, you know, once again, December 1st, 2017 is where we are uh, beginning. And as we talked about last week, uh, this is when Flynn entered a uh, guilty plea. Um, and then let's see, not much else happened in December. Uh, Just but my birthday, do have
1: whatever.
0: No oh, your birthday month that. is December? <laughs> it's December 5th, so. Oh, very nice. But yep. the next day. Yes. After your birthday, birthday. On December 6th. Um, this is when, in a closed session, Donald Trump Jr. testifies to the House Intelligence Committee. He says to the committee that he spoke to his father regarding a June 2016 meeting at Trump Tower with a Russian lawyer just two days after the New York Times had reported about this meeting on July 8th, 2017. And we've talked about this yeah. Trump Tower meeting as it's been called you know,
1: over and over again.
0: Trump Jr. declines to disclose the content of the conversation he had with his father.
1: You know, that's good enough for me, honestly. Um, Also, clearly, you you need a back channel to get to a closed session, I think. So just so we're clear on how this works here.
0: Yeah, you can't do the front channel. And so he needs to secure the back channel (laughs) to discuss the conversation that happened in another back channel. Right. You you can go from front channel to back channel. You can't go the opposite (laughs) way. You can't disclose a back channel communication in a merely front channel one. (laughs) Also, just want to mention how this is continuing the trend of disclosing that a meeting took place and then only later disclosing what actually was discussed, which is just a common theme. It's a tradition at this point.
1: It's a tradition.
0: It's an American tradition. (laughs) And we should respect that, I think. We should,
1: yeah. So now we're into January. So I guess Christmas came and went. No one cares because the war Christmas destroyed new year. it anyway. Our so. year. We've yep. finally
0: gotten to yep. where we're closer to us yes. right now.
1: So January 3rd. Somehow we're all still here and it's a new year. Still alive. It's still great alive. News. 2018. Same year. So. Paul Manafort files a lawsuit against the Department of Justice, which requests that the court set aside the criminal charges brought against him by the special counsel's office. So according to factcheck.org, quote, the suit alleg- alleges that Mueller's investigation is completely unmoored from the special counsel's original jurisdiction to investigate any links and or coordination between the Russian government and individuals associated with the campaign of President Donald Trump. The charges brought against Manafort stem from unrelated decade old business dealings that had no connection whatsoever to the 2016 presidential election or even to Donald Trump. The suit states. So the Department of Justice called the suit frivolous, frivolous, frivolous. And just so we're clear, this suit we're talking about here is the lawsuit, not the ostrich skin suit. So just, you know, yeah, definitely make sure that you got
0: to keep those. I mean, because that. There's nothing frivolous about an ostrich skin suit. That's (laughs) right. Nothing
1: Um, at all. I also,
0: I mean, because this has come up, and it will come up later in this episode, um, if I'm remembering correctly, you know, the the legitimacy of the Mueller investigation, whether or not Mueller is going too far. I just think back to the... Investigation of Clinton Yeah And I'm talking about Bill Clinton here You know Not that email stuff That's just new business I'm talking about The OG Clinton investigation Yes Which a lot of people Don't remember That started with Whitewater That started with Investigating Kind of shady Real estate deals In Arkansas Ended with An investigation Of Bill Clinton Lying about getting A blowjob from an intern Yeah So If you can get (laughs) If you can connect Those things legitimately That's true I think we can connect Russian influence and Russian collusion amongst the Trump campaign and Manafort being really into Russia in a very illegal way. Yeah. I think there's a pretty right. short <laughs> bridge between those two facts um, that like, is perfectly I mean, legitimate in, to talk about.
1: Yeah. And in a world where, you know, you're in the FBI and you're looking at something and investigating, I'm sure you're not just gonna be like, Well, never mind that one. And just move on and yeah, just say gonna gonna that. that one. To... <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> you gotta
0: get it all. <laughs> It's like if you're a dentist and they find, you know, gum disease or something, they don't just, well, I, you know, they didn't mention this part of the gum.
1: You were in here only for a cleaning, damn it. So January 8th, according to the New York Times, the president's attorneys and the Mueller team discuss again the possibility of the president testifying. Another American tradition at this point. Yes. Always talking about the testifying. Never talking during, well, I don't want to spoil it. We'll see. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) Spoilers. Does the president testify? Okay, so sometime in mid-January, Ralph Nader, just kidding, George Nader, who was, <laughs> uh-huh. oh, I remember him. Uh, so who was involved in the Seychelles meeting on January 11th, begins to cooperate with Mueller.
0: Yeah, and this is with Eric Prince. I think we mentioned this fairly briefly.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, like, I'm not sure if we covered this, but I can refresh here. So Eric Prince, a Trump associate and Blackwater founder, met with Kirill Dmitriev. Sounds right to me. Yeah, a Russian wealth uh, fund manager with uh, ties to Vladimir Putin. So they they met in Seychelles. Uh, which is an island chain off the coast of East Africa. When the story first broke, the meeting's purpose was revealed to be to set up a back channel. Oh yeah, yep. you know you knew that was coming. So <laughs> just move on past that through the back channel um, between Russian officials and the Trump team. So Prince denied the support and in November testified under oath to Congress that he traveled to Seychelles to follow up on a business venture, quote, with potential customers from the United Arab Emirates, who suggested afterwards that he met with Dmitriev. He claimed it was impromptu and just a short sit down at a hotel bar, insisting he did not travel there on behalf of the Trump team. George Nader is the cooperating witness who claims that, that the meeting was pre-planned to set up communications with Trump and Moscow.
0: In all fairness, it does seem, if you're going to set up a back channel, you do it at a sh- short sit down at yeah. a hotel bar. That yeah. seems like a good place.
1: Exactly. 20, 30 that's minutes the, That's the origin of the back channel, right. is in a hotel <laughs> that's bar. That's where it began, That's where I all think. this yeah. is happening. January 24th. Attorney General Jeff Sessions was interviewed by the special counsel's office the week prior as part of its Russia investigation. Good for him. January 25th. Factcheck.org, quote, Trump's private attorney, John Dowd, releases a one-page memo that says the Trump campaign turned over 1.4 million pages of documents to the special counsel's office and the White House provided over 20,000 pages. Yeah, homie's ears are burning right now. So Burning, me- <laughs>
0: and you know the Senate oh, and House yeah. Intelligence and Judiciary Committees are just salivating. <laughs> I mean, we were talking about yeah. thousands of pages, 1.4 million <laughs> You know they're going to blow it all in two weeks, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the problem with addiction.
1: Yep. So the memo also says that the special counsel's office to date has interviewed more than 20 White House staffers, 17 Trump campaign workers, and 11 others officiated with Trump campaign. Beautiful. Yep. And a partridge in a pear tree. So, uh, <laughs> all right. So January tra- <laughs>
0: 20 White House staffers, 17 Trump campaign workers, and 11 others affiliated with the Trump campaign.
1: January 29th, Trump's attorneys, Dowd and Sekulow, write in a letter to special counsel Robert Mueller that the president, quote, dictated a July 8th, 2017 statement to the New York Times about the June 2016 Trump Tower meeting between Russian lawyer. Oh, you know her, <laughs> Natalie Veselnikovsky. There and- <laughs> you go. First attempt. First time. Of
0: this episode probably won't be the last. <sighs> but yeah, yeah. Hit the yeah, nail. These on Russians the.
1: and their names. And top Trump campaign aides. So you know that is that's officially the most confusing sentence of all time. Actually, if you go yeah, back there's a there, lot of dates. Really, yeah, the letter says, "quote You have received all the notes, communications, and testimony indicating that the president dictated a short but accurate response to the New York Times article on behalf of his son Donald Trump Jr." This mission contradicts statements made by the previous year by Sekelau and White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders that the president did not dictate the letter. So, oh, so that's
0: strange. So, yeah, you're telling me that they said something now, which entails that something they said before was false, which is pretty Strangely. Yeah, this it's the first time I
1: think we've seen this so far.
0: Yeah. All right, moving on to February. So, February 2nd. So, another
1: day, another memo. It's the memo life. Comey knows. Comey knows all about those memos.
0: Typewritten in your vehicle. A memo is released by the House Intelligence Committee written by the Republican Committee staff that accuses the FBI of political bias. The memo states that the federal law enforcement officials abused their authority when they sought court approval to surveil a foreign policy advisor to the Trump campaign
1: and red bucket hat wearer, Carter
0: Page. All right, so Trump approved the release of this memo despite the FBI's objections. The FBI said, quote, as expressed during our initial review, we have grave concerns about material omissions of fact that fundamentally impact the memo's accuracy.
1: <sighs> it's like typical deep state talk to yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Fucking coastal I miss the elites. days when Republicans respected the FBI. I need to recalibrate and go watch some Dale Cooper on Twin Peaks and remember some things. Ugh, yeah, yeah, it is a weird... That's just strange. <laughs> this was the
0: Law and Order Party. Right. And FBI, they're pretty big in that Law and Order game. Right. But
1: For all my life, since I was a child and I'm not young anymore. Um, Two years ago,
0: it's just the deep state I, now.
1: My, yeah. All the people I knew when I was Republicans were very, very pro-law of order. So I don't know what's going on. What's going on is they have figured out the truth that the FBI is part of the deep state. Yes, that's it.
0: God, you're so right. It's part of that dip. Yeah, they're part of the bean dip of the deep state. Yep, it's really depressing. So February 16th, a couple of weeks later, Mueller charges three Russian organizations and 13 Russian nationals with violating U.S. criminal laws to interfere with the 2016 U.S. presidential elections. The indictment states that the defendants conspire to defraud the United States. According to FatCheck.org, quote, The conspiracy involved using the names of U.S. citizens and companies to illegally buy political ads on social media and stage political rallies. Some defendants also solicited and compensated real U.S. persons to promote or disparage candidates, according to the indictment. The defendants are alleged to have employed hundreds of people for its online operations, quote, ranging from creators of fictitious personas to technical and administrative support personnel with an annual budget of millions of dollars, according to Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. By the way, this is trolling. (laughs) This is what we're talking about. This is millions of dollars. You could be a professional troll.
1: Yeah, it's amazing.
0: (sighs) Amazing. What God bless America. So by (laughs) early to mid-2016, the defendant's operations included supporting Trump and disparaging Clinton, according to the indictments. Quote, Some defendants posing as U.S. persons and without revealing their Russian association... Communicated with unwitting individuals associated with the Trump campaign and with other political activists to seek to coordinate political activities, the indictment says. In announcing the indictments, Rosenstein says, quote, There is no allegation in this indictment that any American was a knowing participant in this legal activity. There is no allegation in this indictment that the charged conduct altered the outcome of the 2016 elections. The Internet Research Agency, an online Russia propaganda operation based in St. Petersburg, was among those indicted. Quote, the indictment charges all of the defendants with conspiracy to defraud the United States, three defendants with conspiracy to commit wire fraud and bank fraud, and five defendants with aggravated identity theft. Aggravated identity theft, which is pretty intense. <laughs> I think that's when someone just steals your wallet. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's aggravated identity theft when they just, you know, beat you up and take your ID. Yeah. Try to go to Disney World to get that senior discount. All right, so a few days later, on February 20th, a former associate at Skaden, Arps, Slate, Meager, and Flum or Flom, um, anyway, the uh, S-A-S-M-F, as they are commonly known on this podcast, named Alex Van Der Zwan, who also happens to be the son-in-law of Russian oligarch German Khan. With a
1: confusing first name, I think.
0: So, this character with a weird, uh, weird name... <laughs> uh pleads guilty to making false statements to federal investigators
1: James Vanderbeek I'm sorry is it, it no is it James Vanderbeek no no yeah oh, Alex
0: right. VanderSwan I believe um the Vanderbeek was not involved in any of these shenanigans so VanderSwan admitted that he lied about conversations he had with Trump's former deputy campaign chairman Rick Gates regarding Skaden's report on Ukraine's former prime minister Yulia Tymoshenko Vanderswan also, quote, deleted and otherwise did not produce emails that a law firm and or special counsel's office requested, according to court documents. Did someone
1: say documents?
0: Documents (laughs) deleted and otherwise did not produce. Some he deleted, some he just didn't forward. He just didn't even bother to delete them. He's like, eh, I'm not going to forward. So two days after this, on February 22nd, the Mueller team brings a second indictment, including 32 accounts of tax fraud against Rick Gates and Paul Manafort. Hmm. Don't commit tax fraud. It doesn't seem to end well. That's all, all of these cases. It's just, it's taxes and it's like wire fraud. It's like you said something weird to your shady banker friend on the telephone and that's a federal crime. <laughs> and that's how they,
1: it's, it seems that's how they get all these people. And then you lie to the FBI and commit perjury. They lie to your FBI yeah, about your tax lie, Don't lie to
0: the FBI. That's also <laughs> that not good. Not good. All right, so let's get into what happened with these fun indictments. So the next day, February 23rd, Rick Gates pleads guilty to conspiracy, as well as making false statements to federal investigators. To rehash, Gates was originally indicted on October 30th, 2017. Otherwise
1: known as Halloween Eve.
0: Otherwise known, Rick Gates Eve. (laughs) So he was indicted on Halloween Eve on tax evasion and money laundering charges related to business he and his associate, Paul Manafort, who we all know and love did for a pro-Russian political party in Ukraine. Gates admitted he participated in the financial conspiracy with Manafort. Also, he admitted that he lied to prosecutors about a 2013 meeting involving Manafort and a congressman. This congressman was identified by NBC News as representative... Not anymore. Oh, not anymore. Representative Dana Rohrabacher. Yeah. Did not win. He might uh, eventually end up inside of a government institution. I'll put it that way, though. Yeah. Um, But maybe not uh, (laughs) against his will, however. So uh, Dana Rohrabacher was a member of the House Foreign Affairs Committee, seems like a good place for him, that chairs the (laughs) panel subcommittee on European affairs. Gates misled investigators by saying that Ukraine was not discussed at the meeting. In exchange for dropping other criminal charges, which included tax evasion and money laundering in the original indictment, Gates is cooperating with federal investigators. According to FatCheck.org, quote, Mueller's team files a superseding indictment against Paul Manafort. The new charges include the allegation that Manafort, with the assistance of Gates, secretly retained a group of former senior European politicians to take positions favorable to Ukraine, including by lobbying in the United States. The indictment says, quote, the plan was for the former politicians, informally called the Habsburg Group, to appear to be providing their independent assessments of government of Ukraine actions, When, in fact, they were paid lobbyists for Ukraine. Hmm. In his plea agreement, Gates acknowledges participating in that conspiracy. And then somewhere between this date and April, um, according to PBS, Manafort and Kilimanik allegedly attempted to tamper with witnesses involved in Mueller's case, according to Mueller's team, which is not very smart.
1: On top of crimes. Yeah. Spoiler alert. He got caught. (laughs) Don't tamper. Just don't tamper witnesses. And it was literally, I think it was literally like he sent a text message to some folks. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, one, do you think that's going to do anything? <laughs> and two, just highly illegal, right. <laughs> just <laughs> clearly. <sighs> anyway, so we're going to end February Um, a couple more days later on February 24th.
1: Oh, it's memo time, isn't it? Get ready.
0: Oh, uh, we got another memo. <laughs> so a memo, memo written by the Democratic staff of the House Intelligence Committee is released.
1: So it's really just memos all the way down at this point.
0: Memos, documents, lawyers. <laughs> Just all circle everywhere. A lot of people are employed because yeah. of this. Is all I'm going to say. um <laughs> This is really, you know, it's
1: like this is our economy, basically.
0: Yeah, I, I think there's been a lot of talk about QAnon and about the storm, and I think this is the real 40 chess going on. This is all. <laughs> this is the basis of Trump's economy. <laughs> That's so. True. He's like, if I associate with myself <laughs> with people who are such obvious criminals. All, there's so many lawyers and yeah. memo writers and clerks for con, you know congressional staff for people that this is this is the engine, right.
1: and that's what that's when Trump, when Trump's talking about jobs and creating jobs, he's talking about this. He is, yeah, lawyers and clerks, yeah.
0: He's at least facilitated <laughs> increased work hours. Yes. I mean, that is just <laughs>
1: true overtime is huge
0: yeah a lot of late nights uh (laughs) due to um his actions and the actions of those he involves himself with certainly true so this memo was released to counter the republican committee staff memo released february 2nd that stated that the doj and fbi abused their authority when seeking court approval to conduct surveillance on carter page the democratic memo contends the fbi and doj officials did not abuse the foreign intelligence surveillance act or fISA process Saying the DOJ quote cited multiple sources to support the case for surveilling Page, many of which we talked about at length on this yes. effort, <laughs> on this very series. You know, I'm no lawyer, but from my vantage point, that seems like a good idea.
1: Yeah. So March. March twelfth. Yep, we actually got to skip a couple of weeks because where oh, are we, at? we We're in uh, we were in uh, March or at February twenty fourth and now we're at March twelfth.
0: Yeah, I know man, that's a what big happened?
1: gap. Yeah. I mean, you know, scandals surely happen, but I guess no Russian-related ones. So we'll Yeah, we can't cover can't.
0: all of them because otherwise yeah, it would be like a minute-by-minute minute yeah, series, which we just can't do. <laughs> it's nice not having it. Oh, it's the first, and then the second, and then the third, and then the fourth. It's nice. Get a few, you know, everybody needs a vacation.
1: So the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence states it has ended its Russian investigation. According to FactCheck.org, quote, The Republicans on the committee release a one-page summary of their draft report. It says, quote, We have found no evidence of collusion, coordination, or conspiracy between the Trump campaign and the Russians. The full report has not been released yet. So, as
0: per American tradition. Right. <laughs>
1: So there's lot to say here. I mean, first, since uh, when when do we transition to summaries? Um, I don't know what happened to memos. I'm, pre- you know, let's let's yeah. keep it with the uh, let's keep it with the memos, guys. Come on. I think when so you you write Give the, me the summary a document, document, that's before
0: you write the memo. Right. And then the memo you write before you write the document and then the document comes before the report. I right. think that's so the you or- memo. Right. So summary, memo, start document, the memo report. in your
1: car. That's where it begins, obviously. And then. Yeah. Yeah.
0: OK, the summary. So you would write the summary just on the back of a napkin. <laughs> then you go back to the car. You type it up. That's the memo. Right. OK. <laughs> and then you get, you know, fact checkers, create a document and then you get a whole committee together. And that's when you get a report.
1: OK, let's solve. The, yeah, there it is. March 16th, Andrew McCobb, the FBI director, is fired officially due to actions connected to the Clinton investigation. Oh, (laughs) man, he did it all wrong. Yeah, we all know how much this administration especially hates treating Hillary Clinton unfairly. I just want to get Trump doesn't like others
0: being in the spotlight for treating Clinton unfairly. (laughs) He can't. He's got to take all that energy for himself.
1: (laughs) So, uh, however, um, did I say McCobb? You did say
0: Macabre. That kind of makes sense. Which I kept because I, yeah, I didn't say anything because I thought, yeah, that sounds
1: about right. We'll keep it then. Andrew Macabre, the FBI director. (laughs) (laughs) Should have released this on Halloween. Damn it. All right. Um,
0: (laughs) That's going to be my next year's Halloween costume (laughs) Andrew (laughs) Macabre,
1: FBI director. All right. However, McCabe asserts he is fired due to the Russia investigation. Aww. I don't believe it. No. This is a man who was fired from the FBI. I mean, I'm not going to believe what <laughs> word he says. Exactly. March 17th, John Dowd, Trump's personal attorney, says he hopes Deputy Attorney General Rosenstein shuts down the Mueller investigation. I wonder why. I don't know. I don't get it. March 18th, Vladimir Putin, quote unquote, is elected to six <laughs> oh. more years into office.
0: Oh, I see what you did there.
1: Yep. That's, uh... End
0: and if you are listening to this in Russia, yeah. you might want to delete that part <laughs> so you jail. don't get thrown in prison. That's right. Public service announcement.
1: March 20th, Trump's staff warns Trump to not congratulate Vladimir Putin on his quote unquote election victory. Trump congratulates Putin on election victory. <laughs> so
0: Well, so I think it's fine because the staff said don't congratulate him on his quote unquote election right. victory. But Trump congratulated him on his election victory, that's so true. I think that's fine.
1: <laughs> that's true. That makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he didn't. He got, you know, confused with all the quotes.
1: Yes. Yes, yes. And, you know, I, I personally agree with Corey uh, Lewandowski's book title, Let Trump Be Trump, because the real problem, I think, is that he's being held back if I, if I can just be so bold to say such a thing. Be bold. That's I what am. this podcast is yeah. all about. Let's let Trump be Trump, you know? On March twenty second, remember John Dowd, Trump's personal attorney? Yeah, I do.
0: He um I believe just a week prior to this, (laughs) he hoped that the Mueller investigation would end. What's he up to on the twenty second?
1: Well, on this date, he resigns. So there's
0: Oh. oh. (laughs) So he just said that before just because he was done working. It's like I need a vacation. And then he just floats that out there, you know, like as a last ditch attempt. Like maybe he'll just do it. You know, just a weird you know, just caught him on a weird day. Like, you know, (laughs) this John Dowd guy, he's all right. I'm going to do it for him. And then he doesn't, of course. And I need to get out of here. I'm sick of dealing with this.
1: March 28th from the PBS timeline, quote, Department of Justice Inspector General launches investigation of FBI, DOJ and possible abuse of FISA surveillance powers, including with the Carter Page wiretaps. So the DOJ investigates the DOJ. Man. And what have we learned so far? Always, always, always investigate the investigators. Lawyer up the lawyers and memo the memos. You gotta do you it. Do it and you do you it. Gotta, you who investigates
0: the investigators? <laughs> I mean, really? And then you ask that question every time. And then that's exactly right all now. you do. You just yes. are in your little circle of investigations. Also, just this Carter Page guy, just let him go. Yeah. I don't see a, <laughs> There's a lot of this guy seems kinda like small potatoes in the right. Trump world. I don't know why they're I guess this is something I just don't get. I mean, I guess maybe they think he knows something or it could be useful to the Mueller campaign, but a lot of people are dying on the Carter Page Hill.
1: Yes, I think it was David Frum. I read some tweet by David Frum talking about him just being like, is this really the hill the Republicans want to die on As Carter yeah, Page? Yeah, it's just like, bizarre <laughs> and, you know, out of all of this stuff. <laughs> you, know, you know,
0: I get... I get the Manaforts, I get the Coens, I get, you know, the Flynns, but right. it's just a bizarre I think Bucket the Battle of Bucket Hat Hill, I yes. believe is the
1: that's the official title. A
0: hundred years from now a folk song will be written about it and that's what <laughs> it'll be named. All right, we're going to April, which is my birth month. We're finally All right. uh getting to me. So April 3rd, Amy Berman Jackson, a U.S. district judge, sentences Alex Vanderswan, the 30 days in prison. This is the first sentence to be handed down in the Russian investigation.
1: Woohoo! Break down. Break open the champagne! Sorry, Woo. I am at vodka. I am at vodka. Sorry.
0: Oh, vodka. Well, I can't have any of those okay. things, so it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> the next day, April 4th, Felix Sater, uh, who worked on Russian deals with Trump, is interviewed by the Senate Intelligence Committee. Then on April 6th, according to PBS, quote, the U.S. newly sanctions seven Russian oligarchs, including Oleg Deripaska, nice. who formerly worked with Manafort, and Victor Veckelsberg, who was at Trump's inauguration. I believe I, we covered that. Uh, yeah. That was one of the – there was a lot of going on in the inauguration because there was a lot of uh, multitasking. Exactly. And then a few days later, on April 9th, the FBI raids Michael Cohen's home, hotel room, and office, seizing records. Reports indicate that Cohen is under investigation for campaign finance and
1: bank fraud. Uh Oh, and Trump has a public freakout via Twitter as per usual. Again, another
0: of our sacred American traditions. (laughs) Hotel room. Uh, Hotel room. Yeah, (laughs) uh, home and hotel room. I'm glad he's got both. (laughs) That's kind of nice can't rent a second apartment. Just, has, just the hotel room. It's, you know, keep it on the down low. So then a week later, on April 16th, President Trump halts plans for economic sanctions on Russia. No big deal there. Go ahead. No big deal. <laughs> we didn't need him. No. Let's just move on. Exactly. The next day, April 17th, Mitch McConnell, Senate Majority Leader, in case you didn't know who that asshole was, <laughs> says he will not allow a floor vote on a bill to protect special counsel Mueller.
1: OK, and deep breaths, everyone. April 19th. Finally, we're back to memo talk. Finally back to memos this
0: whole time. So on April 19th, the D- Department of Justice turns over seven memos nice. that Comey wrote to Congress. I like that he wrote them to Congress. i like, you know, <laughs> dear Congress, this <laughs> is Congress. James Comey. <laughs> I'm in the back of my <laughs> Kia and I feel you need to know. <laughs> Uh, these were the memos Comey wrote immediately after each encounter with Trump from January 6th, 2017 to April 11th, 2017. And I wish I wish we knew this little detail sooner that these were yeah, right? to Congress. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. It makes it a lot more romantic. And it really it, it adds a whole dimension to the that thing. Yeah. The, or the I think dishonest loyalty was the other uh, the title, title for the. Yeah. uh the romantic fan fiction that we're going to not look up in in any uh, shape or form. But yeah, Congress is involved in that directly. So steamy. It's getting steamier and steamier. steamier and steamier. So April 24th, I celebrated another year of not dying. And then the next day, April 25th, Cohen asserts his Fifth Amendment rights not to testify in the Stormy Daniels, a.k.a. Stephanie Clifford case. Which is
1: how most people know her.
0: Yeah. So it really should be a.k.a. Stormy Daniels. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean.
1: I know. I I like it better this way. So, yeah, that's cool. So that was a good time. Yeah, it's a good time. You
0: know, I'm glad, you know, this is why we have a constitution. I like the rule of law. So, you know, Cohen, go ahead. The next day, April 26th, in a Fox News interview, President Trump rails against the FBI, DOJ, and Mueller. He also confirms Cohen worked for him, but was in a, quote, tiny, tiny fraction of his legal work. (laughs)
1: Yep, there's Lion Ted, Crooked Hillary, and who can forget the endearing term Tiny, Tiny Cohen.
0: Tiny, Tiny know. Cohen. He's so small. So cute.
1: Like Tiny Tim. I'm um, picturing him. Like Tiny Tim, but um,
0: in jail. Yeah. April 27th, the next day, according to factcheck.org, quote, The Republican-controlled House Intelligence Committee issues a majority report on its Russia investigation, along with a 98-page dissent from the Democrats. Both reports were redacted to protect classified information. You you could see how deep their voracious need for documents is. They had to produce (laughs) two different reports. (laughs) You know, ostensibly, oh, well, they had different opinions about this and all this kind of stuff, but you know why they're doing it. They just want more paper out there. (laughs) The majority report says... In the course of witness interviews, reviews of document productions, and investigative efforts extending well over a year, the committee did not find any evidence of collusion, conspiracy, or coordination between the Trump campaign and the Russians. While the committee found that several of the contacts between Trump associates and Russians of their proxies, including WikiLeaks, were ill-advised, the committee did not determine that Trump or anyone associated with him assisted Russia's active measures campaign. Good enough for me. For the sake of argument, let's hear um, a bit from the Minority Report, which says that Democratic members, quote, remain committed to continuing the investigation. It says, quote, Although important evidence has been found on the issues of collusion and obstruction, much work remains on these and other vital lines of inquiry and key unanswered
1: questions. So it's a wash. Nothing matters. Yay.
0: Until, you know, early next year. Right. Good point. And then we're going to end April on April 30th, where the New York Times reports that the special counsel's office has, quote, at least four dozen questions on an exhaustive array of subjects he wants to ask President Trump to learn more about his ties to Russia and determine whether he obstructed the inquiry itself. The list of questions were published by the Times.
1: I just assume it's like published along with like the crossword puzzle, like do it yourself. So May 2nd. Emmett Flood, aka Imminent Flood. Uh, <laughs> oh, I uh,
0: never Cobb, heard that joke.
1: <laughs> replaces Ty Cobb, but not the old timey baseball player, Ty Cobb. That's, I assumed
0: it was Ty. I assumed it was old timey baseball player, Ty Cobb.
1: <laughs> yeah, as a ghost. So I know it feels sometimes like we're traveling back in time here in this country late, lately, but it's not that Ty Cobb, okay? So it's a, um, he does have a fantastic mustache. I'll look it up. Oh, he does? I and haven't his seen his mustache. A lot of money. It's a good one. Yeah. All right. May 16th, 2018, obviously, still the same year. The Senate Intelligence Committee concludes that Russia tried to interfere in the 2016 election to help Donald Trump win.
0: I didn't see that coming. I didn't either. Yeah. I thought, yeah, they were, uh, it was adoptions, I think. That's yeah. what they were concerned I thought it was
1: actually going to be Turkey, to be honest with you.
0: I was thinking Latvia. Yeah. You know, one of those
1: uh, Balkan countries. Right.
0: You know, Yugoslavia out of and nowhere, all that.
1: Just like, boom. The Senate Judiciary Committee releases transcripts of interviews uh, of the 2016 Trump Tower meeting with Russian lawyer. Great. More documents. (laughs) Next up, May 17th, Reuters reports, quote, Manafort's ex-son-in-law, Jeffrey Yohai agreed to a plea deal in a real estate case and may have to cooperate with Mueller.
0: It's, yeah, the apple does not fall too far from the father-in-law tree.
1: Yes. May 20th, Trump demands that the DOJ investigate whether the FBI or the DOJ spied on his campaign for political purposes. He tweets, quote, somebody look into whether or not the FBI, DOJ infiltrated or surveilled the Trump campaign for political purposes. And if any such demands or requests were made by people within the Obama administration, boom, demand it, demand it. <laughs>
0: That's what you have to do when you're, you know, in charge of a branch of the government is you have to demand <laughs> they do things. You always. That's do. normally yeah, and I
1: never I personally did not think I'd see the day that a president would be making demands on Twitter.
0: Yeah. And just making demands. It's just, just a weird, you yeah. <laughs> know. It's like my employee. That. Yeah. If I have an employee and I say, I demand you, you know, clean the bathroom. Right. Um, someone vomited in there. And this is a very respectable bookstore. It's just a weird relationship. You just say, it, hey, do it. You don't have to. I demand it. Right. Also, um, because Trump is so weird with the capitalization. Yeah. So Trump campaign is capitalized. That makes sense. But Obviously. he also capitalized political purposes. <laughs> so it looks like there's just an organization called the Trump <laughs> campaign for political purposes. <laughs> Which when I first read that, I'm like, what the hell is that? I'm like, oh I Oh
1: man. Yeah. He's got it's that like, he
0: what? he capitalizes stuff like he's a sixteenth century philosopher. Like that's how <laughs> like just every other oh, this is an important word, better capitalize it.
1: I just like how he's just making I do love the, the command the command into this like the ether, like who is who is he's like look into whether or not like who, who's he speaking <laughs> yeah, <it's>, with? <laughs> Who's looking at this? Like, all right, I'm on it, sir. Like, okay, all right. So May 21st, which is my dad's birthday, and you know, also the Justice Department makes announcement that it has asked the department's inspector general to conduct a review at the president's request. The deputy attorney general. Yeah, he's requesting at this time. That's kind of <laughs> nice. He's not demanding. He's requesting. <laughs> The Deputy Attorney General overseeing the Russia investigation, Rod Rosenstein, stated, "If anyone did infiltrate or surveil participants in a presidential campaign for inappropriate purposes, we need to know about it and take appropriate actions." I think the wheels are coming off.
0: Yeah, the wheels are definitely coming (laughs) off. Um,
1: Yeah, and I think Rosenstein needs to just like you know demand it on Twitter. Maybe get some stuff done finally.
0: Yeah, that's how you you just (laughs) demand everyone. Because that's the thing with the Trump demand. He wasn't like explicitly talking to. The FBI or the DOJ, he just said, look into. He was every, <laughs> literally all of America and all of the world, he was commanding us. And so, yeah, that's the Rosenstein needs to take yeah. the uh, Trump approach in that regard, I he think. He sure
1: does. He does. So, May 30th, Trump tweets out to the world that he wishes he had picked someone other than Jeff Sessions <laughs> as his attorney general. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh,
1: hmm. obviously, Trump is still pissed about him recusing himself. But again, you cannot go back on a recusal. I don't know how many times we have to talk about this. It just is a proper. Also, spoiler alert, Trump gets his wish after all. All he needs to do Ooh. is to lose control of one of the chambers of Congress. Oh, <gasps> oh, oh That's all you need. Zing. Zing is um, a little
0: bit of the uh, foreshadowing there. A little bit of foreshadowing. Sessions is not a figure that deserves any kind of sympathy, I think. No. I mean, his record speaks for itself. But it's this is painful to, to yeah, read,
1: it is just man, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's rough. It's hard to not be like, damn, this is all right. I know it's like, how do you go to work the next day? It would be like your boss being like, you, I need anybody other than you, and they're like, he, like just the next day, like, how you doing? So I got the cooler yeah, water, cooler. Like, oh, that's rough, <laughs> awkward, awkward. awkward awkward so may 31st despite saying the exact opposite in an interview with lester holt after he fired comey trump tweets out quote he never fired james comey because of the rush of russia of
0: course he didn't no it was because of the turks that's right or the latvians i can't remember which we decided All right. So that's it for May. So now we're uh, going, barreling into June. So starting June 2nd. Oh, the half birthday again. That's (laughs) how it's coming up. That's how space time is being woven around. This issue is just just birthdays just keep coming back up and up and up. (laughs) So on June 2nd, the New York Times publishes a January letter by Trump's lawyer asserting obstruction of justice charges could not apply to the president. This letter also indicates that Trump dictated the statement by his son, Donald Trump Jr., regarding the 2016 Trump Tower Russia lawyer meeting. And I believe when in the part of the letter when he talked about how Trump could not obstruct justice, he said, because as in the legal text, Judge Dredd, I am the law. I believe that was the, <laughs> the legal reasoning.
1: And at this point, you know, this whole like Russia, uh, the Trump Tower meeting should just be like a holiday. It's just <laughs> it's just
0: celebrate it. Make the Trump Tower meeting not a holiday again. I think that should be the the campaign slogan going <laughs> forward. A good hat. Yeah, it's too much that. of it on a hat. So speaking of uh, obstruction of justice uh, being something that Trump just could not do by definition, uh, Trump also tweeted on June 4th that he has the right to pardon himself and that the appointment of Mueller
1: was unconstitutional. I mean, because if I know anything about Trump, it's his deep love and affection for constitutional law.
0: Yeah, he's something of an amateur constitutional
1: lawyer. He is. People don't know that about him. But he, and also his love for the Holy Bible, oh. especially two Corinthians.
0: So on June 7th, President Trump says that the G7 Summit Nations, quote, should let Russia come back in. <laughs> and I remember I was really Nothing upset about her. this yeah. because... Because you know, when you're faced with all this chicanery around you twenty four seven, you have to like focus on things that don't really matter. And so there was a group called the G eight that Russia was a part of. Then Russia left and they became the G seven, because there's seven of them now. So you can't let Russia into the G seven. There's seven of them. That's what the seven's for. Does that matter at all? No. No. Did it make me mad? Yes because my brain's got to do something to just interfere with the constant stream of noise coming
1: into it. I I, I think it was Bill Maher's show a couple weeks back or last week or something. And he was having this moment where he's like, I am so stressed out by the news nonstop. It's happening all the time. It's like, I'm suddenly just now watching NBA. He's like, I've just been watching the NBA, looking at the scores and highlights. I had never done that before. <laughs> just randomly getting into things that, you know, now I'm into golf all of a sudden. I just, something <laughs> needs to, something other than this, which just wait till we get done with this one in our next next episode
0: yeah we're gonna we'll give people a break because it's we also need a break from from all (laughs) this nonsense and the yeah the next series no spoiler but uh you know don't hold your breath or anything but (laughs) it's uh it's gonna be a little sillier than this that's all we're gonna say about that So the next day after uh, Trump made an incoherent request on June 8th, a third superseding indictment against Manafort is issued by the special counsel. This indictment adds an obstruction of justice charge for alleged witness tampering. Also, it accuses Konstantin V. Kilimanek, Manafort's aforementioned business associate, with obstructing justice. A few days later, on June 11th, the U.S. issues new sanctions on a few Russian companies and individuals for cyber attacks against U.S. energy and other interests. that are diversifying now. You can't just, you know, politics got to get into the energy, too.
1: Yeah. And at this point, they need to have like a Marvel needs to have just like the obstructing Justice League, like just a team of <laughs> <laughs> obstructors. Oh, man. R.I.P. Stanley. <laughs> yes.
0: 95 years Saturday. young. Yeah. So a few more days later, on June 15th, uh, citing the new obstruction of justice charges, a federal judge orders Manafort to be held in federal custody until the trial begins in September. And I don't believe uh, they allowed the ostrich suits into (laughs) the prison because you will be killed immediately. (laughs) And then on June 18th, Trump states he, quote, feels badly for Manafort and Flynn and others in court and investigations. Trump criticizes the FBI raid on Cohen's office saying he, quote, feels badly for him and others under prosecution. He loves to feel badly. Trump also states that Manafort only worked for him a, quote, short time in the very unimportant role of campaign chairman. (laughs) Uh, Later, he defends Manafort in a tweet saying that the FBI raid of Cohen's office was wrong and that it turns out maybe he, Flynn, didn't lie. Oh, okay. According to PBS, quote, judge orders Manafort to jail to await trial, ending house arrest. This is due to charges of witness tampering. He could have been out. Yeah. With his ostrich skin suit and his reptile feet just hanging out. (laughs) And he had to go to text people. This is texting, man. It leads you to jail.
1: Don't do it. So July 13th. Um, the Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein announces the indictment of 12 members of the Russian military intelligence agency, the GRU, saying Blue. the GRU the saying the GRU quote engaged in sustained effort to hack into the computer networks of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, the Democratic. National Committee, and the presidential campaign of Hillary Clinton. And that's not to be confused with the 2020 presidential campaign. I'm just kidding. Oh, oh God. Man. All no. right. Sorry. No. No, moving on. Uh, no. um, and uh, uh, and released that information on the internet under the names DC Leaks and Guccifer 2.0. And I believe we Remember talked about one? them
0: earlier, not to be confused with Pussifer. <laughs>
1: Yeah, much better than the Goose for 1.0. And through another entity. So here are the names of those who are indicted. And you want to you wanna do this one, Dylan? Let's do it as that. the official
0: wow. expert on Russian name pronunciation between you and myself. I am, <laughs> I believe, i uh, been declared the expert on this. Here we go. Here is the list. Oh my god. And I don't care if I get these wrong, because fuck these assholes. <laughs> Victor Borisovich Nets... Oh, I'm fucking up already. Nikitcho Boris Alexeyevich Antonov Dmitry Sergeyevich Baden, nice. Ivan Sergeyevich Yermakov Alexey Viktorovich Lukashev Sergei Alexandrovich Morgachev literally this is reading that last empire book about the USSR i think that's why i could do this so well um i mean nice. i'm not doing it well as well as i am uh Nikolai Yurovich Kozachek Nice Pavel Wow. Viktor Chelslavovich Yershov, nice. Artem Andreyevich Malyshev, <laughs> Alexander Vladimirovich Osadchuk, Alexey Alexandrovich Potemkin, and antoli Sergeyevich Kovalev,
1: and Bob. Oh, Bob, <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Bob Jones.
0: I clapped for myself.
1: I stood, a standing ovation of one. Wait, Bob Jones is that
0: religious guy. Never mind, that doesn't... No. I just picked a goofy name out of the hat and turns (laughs) out there's a guy with a goofy name. Sorry.
1: It's not my fault. He calls himself that. July 16th, according to factcheck.org, quote, The Department of Justice announces the arrest of Maria... Butina, a Russian national, on the charges that she conspired to act as a Russia agent to influence U.S. politics and advance Russia's interests. Dang. (laughs) Ouch. The government says and I have a parking ticket. Uh, The government says she, (laughs) quote, worked at the direction of a high-level Russian official from as early as 2015 through at least February 2017. The official described in the Justice Department press release uh, matches the description of of alexander torsion deputy governor of russia's central bank who was sanctioned by the u.s treasury department in april and that's, alexander
0: torsion um he was uh, convicted of uh turning uh, turning things around ah yes that's a torsion joke
1: <laughs> okay so in a sworn affidavit FBI special count what special counsel special agent Kevin Hels, Helson, Helson Helson says Butina has sought quote to establish a obviously channel. That's the only kind there is. Yeah, exactly. Communica- uh, communications for repre- uh, representatives of the government of Russia and American politicians in the hopes of advancing Russia's interests. She did so by trying to infiltrate organizations active in U.S. politics, including, quote, an organization promoting gun rights, which has... I, wonder, I don't know who that would be. I don't know who that would be. So uh, this organization, which has been identified in media reports as... Oh, the National Rifle Association. Oh, I that's, guessed, that's, that's right. right. Okay. I remember them. I remember them. Yeah. So in a Helsinki, at a joint press conference with Russian President Vladimir Putin, President Trump is asked by a reporter, quote, Who do you believe? The U.S. intelligence agencies that have found Putin ordered an extensive covert campaign to assist Trump in winning the 2016 presidential election? Or... Putin's denial that Russia was not involved in any way.
0: By the way, um, this is the famous Helsinki press conference that Good we're talking times. about, of course. Yeah. This is the easiest question a politician has ever been asked in the entire yeah. history of the United States of America. It's I just, just want to make that clear uh, before right. we go into how Trump approached this question.
1: And Trump says, "Drum roll!" I don't see any reasons why Russia would interfere.
0: Oh, he got it wrong. Uh, Man, you get a 50-50 shot here yep. uh, based on uh, Dinesh D'Souza's highly advanced understanding of probability. <laughs> it's a 50-50 shot.
1: So Trump also says, it doesn't stop there, quote, I have confidence in both parties. Mm. I have great confidence in my intelligence people. But I will tell you that President Putin was extremely <laughs> strong and powerful. In his denial today, (laughs) another American (laughs) tradition of just the denial has to be strong and
0: powerful. I don't even know what
1: I really did. Do it! I didn't do
0: it. Like he's he's you know on a horse wrestling a bear while he's doing it. I don't know what an extremely strong and powerful denial looks like.
1: Yeah, Putin was asked if he wanted Trump to win the presidential race against Clinton, and Putin said, "Quote: Yes, I wanted him to win because he talked about bringing the U.S.-Russia relationships back to normal."
0: Back to normal, which is exactly
1: all Putin wants. Yes, because we all know those times when it was normal with Russia. All right. So July 17th, 2018, obviously still on 2018 somehow. uh, Trump says he misspoke in his press conference with Putin. Oh, thank God. We're going to clear this
0: all up. There was some something was lost in translation. We're going to figure this out.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So he said he meant to say he didn't see why Russia, quote, wouldn't have meddled in the election. So good uh, enough for me. Yep. Okay. It's also it's always much easier to say what you need to say when you aren't in a joint press conference talking about the guy standing right next to you too. So I mean, there there is that. So
0: that's true. I mean, but he has a lot of experience talking about himself <laughs> at joint press conferences with world leaders. You good think you'd have the experience by now to be right. able to handle this um, misspeaking
1: yep. incident? So July twenty seventh, Special Counsel Robert Mueller and Donald Trump Jr. were spotted both. Hand, holding hands I'm joking alright so uh, that's a different fanfiction let me start over <laughs> it's a very <laughs> different fanfiction <laughs> Special counsel Robert Mueller and Donald Trump Jr. were spotted both waiting for their flights this morning at the 35X gate at DCA. And that's the title also, the 35X, 35XXX gate. (laughs) So July 31st, Manafort trial begins. Woo! (laughs) North Carolina, what's up? Uh, Special counsel Robert Mueller, prosecutors painted. Former Donald Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort in opening arguments Tuesday as a man with no qualms about committing tax evasion to fund his, quote, extravagant lifestyle by hiding at least 15 million dollars in income earned from consulting work in Ukraine.
0: I mean, those ostrich farms don't pay for themselves. So true. Those are niche products. You can't. Right. What do you expect him to do?
1: What do we, can we get like, can we get some like vegan? Like, what about people that are vegan? You know, they don't want to have like harm an ostrich, like skin it alive. Can we get some vegan ostrich skin suits around here? I'm sure, we can. There's like yeah.
0: leather and stuff like that. There's okay. fake leather, something that
1: looks like an ostrich skin because that's cool, obviously, um, yeah. but not with the suffering.
0: So I'm sure you know <laughs> people with more and more people with money are vegans nowadays. So I'm sure someone's working <laughs> on it as we speak. So going into August, and we're going to the middle, August 13th. We're going right into the middle of the month. Federal judge appointed by President Donald Trump ruled Monday that special counsel Robert Mueller's probe is constitutional and legitimate, rejecting an effort by a Russian company accused of financing a massive political influence operation in the United States to stamp out the ongoing investigation. On August 19th, a week later, President Donald Trump's lawyer Rudy Giuliani on Sunday claimed, quote, truth isn't truth. (laughs) This was a great day for America, by it the way. Was, yeah. So let's uh, do some uh, like a background about what exactly happened. So when trying to explain why the president should not testify for special counsel Robert Mueller for fear of being trapped into a lie that he could that could lead to a perjury charge, uh, Giuliani said, quote, "When you tell me that, you know." He should testify because he's going to tell the truth and he shouldn't worry. Well, that's so silly because it's somebody's version of the truth, not the truth. This is what Giuliani told Chuck Todd on NBC's Meet the Press on Sunday morning. Truth is truth, Todd responded, to which Giuliani responds, no, no, it isn't truth. Truth isn't truth. So yeah, truth isn't truth. Do you think that's true?
1: It isn't true.
0: Yeah, that's how true it is. (laughs) It's the horseshoe theory of truth. You just go all the way to the other side. That would have been weeks in any other presidency. That's literally just a couple days. So no one cares. Yeah. So um, a couple days later on August 21st, Cohen and Manafort plead guilty. But
1: guilty isn't guilty. Dylan. That's
0: the problem. Guilty is innocent. That's how you get out of this whole thing. That's <laughs> terrible. All right. So there's a lot to digest on August 21st. So let's get into it. So Paul Manafort was convicted on eight felony counts after a trial on charges of bank and tax fraud brought by his special counsel, Robert Mueller. The federal judge in Alexandria, Virginia declared a mistrial on the remaining 10 charges, but the 69-year-old Manafort still faces the prospect of spending the rest of his life in prison.
1: Forever separated from his favorite ostrich skins.
0: Oh, it's really sad. I mean, maybe they could make him the, you know, can you dye them orange so you can make the prison jumper out of them? I mean, that seems like (laughs) a good compromise to me. Five of the guilty verdicts were for filing false tax documents, and the other three involved bank fraud and foreign bank account registration. Jurors could decide on three counts of failures to file reports on foreign bank and financial accounts five counts of bank fraud conspiracy and two counts of bank fraud and so we have a quote from mr manafort's lawyer kevin downing quote mr manafort is disappointed at not getting not guilty all the way through or an acquittal or hung jury on all accounts he is evaluating all his options at this point Which this is really, this surprises me. He doesn't, he was upset that he didn't get all not guilties or hung juries. I just, this was, (laughs) I'm really glad we've got, you know, Kevin Downing. We've got this lawyer on staff to, you know, to let us know the deep truths going through Paul Manafort's mind. And then we have Michael Cohen. So Michael Cohen. Tiny, tiny uh, Cohen. Tiny, tiny Cohen. Right. Also on Tuesday, he um, implicated the president in hush money payments he said were designed to sway the election as part of a plea deal he struck with federal prosecutors on fraud charges. The statement came as Cohen formally entered his plea at a Manhattan federal court in which he admitted guilt to a slate of eight tax evasion, financial fraud, and campaign finance charges. Quote, I participated in the conduct for the purposes of influencing the election, Cohen said about his payments to adult film actress Stormy Daniels and ex-Playboy model Karen McDougal, two women who claim to have had affairs with Trump in the past. Trump denies the claims.
1: Also, as an update here, I believe there's some there is some new information regarding this that just uh, Ooh, came last week. Yeah, um, I'll ref- this CNN headline says a report by a Wall Street Journal says federal prosecutors have gathered evidence that shows President Donald Trump played a central role in hush money payments to Stormy Daniels and Kara uh, McDougall. Yeah. Yep. So that liberal rag, the Wall Street Journal. Exactly. Ugh. Ugh.
0: I also I liked Trump's move of insulting the appearance of Stormy Daniels, which is a weird move. Yeah. When you paid hush money because you had an affair with them, it's a weird move. It is. So I'm going to say. Yeah. So we're going to end August on August 24th, and what may be the biggest legal blow yet to President Donald Trump, federal prosecutors in New York have granted immunity from prosecution to Alan Weisselberg, the man who knows Trump's financial secrets and those of his family and his global business empire. At the very least, Weisselberg, the Trump organization's chief financial officer, has provided key information to the federal prosecutors in their case against former Trump lawyer and self-described fixer Michael Cohen and his hush money payments to two women during the 2016 election, according to to a person familiar with the matter. <sighs> Trump is such a globalist. Globalist. Yeah, he is a like globalist. Global... I almost want to say a globalist cuck. I'm yeah. not going to go that far yet. Right. I'm going to give him a couple more minutes. his global to really...
1: business interests. I'm going to globalist. We don't need that. So, what, September? Yeah, we're on to September. All right. That's almost now. Almost now. September 7th. This is when, according to unofficial DOJ uh, regulations, Mueller would maintain radio silence regarding findings about the investigation.
0: Yeah, there's a kind of uh, like an unofficial rule that um, any kind of investigations that have potential political consequences, you don't reveal those two months before um, the election. James Comey.
1: September 14th, Paul Manafort agrees to cooperate with special counsel Robert Mueller under a plea deal. So the deal dismisses deadlock charges against Manafort from an earlier bank and tax fraud trial in Virginia, but only after, quote, successful cooperation with Mueller's probe into the Russia invest- uh, election interference and whether the Trump campaign coordinated with Moscow on its efforts. Hmm. So the U.S. District Court Judge Amy Berman Jackson said Manafort is agreeing to, quote, cooperate fully and truthfully, which is always good, with the investigation.
0: It's not just full cooperation. <laughs> He's also got to tell the truth, which is always, <laughs> that's always a bummer.
1: Yeah. Separately, the agreement puts a 10-year cap on how long Manafort will be sent to prison in the D.C. case, involving foreign lobbying and money laundering charges, according to a source close to the case. The deal also calls for Manafort to serve time concurrently with any sentence from his convictions in Virginia, although uh, that will ultimately be up to the judges involved. But the agreement will not release Manafort from jail, where he has been held since Mueller's team added witness tampering charges during the run-up to the long-time lobbyist trial
0: yeah we we just talked about that earlier about how if you just shut his goddamn phone off (laughs) he would be out and about with his beautiful ostrich skin suits
1: Sentences will sentencing will not occur until after the midterm elections. Both sides are scheduled to file a written report in, in his case on November 16th, although the sentencing will likely happen at a later date. Okay, okay. Mm. Now we are just like the dated TV series Lost. We're about to do some flash forwards in time. uh Ooh, the 16th. Flash forward. Unless we release this before after that, then that won't make sense. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh <laughs> So Mr. Manafort has accepted responsibility, Manafort lawyer Kevin Downey told reporters after the hearing. By the way,
0: this is Kevin. He's upset
1: he didn't get off Downing. <laughs> and a no hunger, nothing so he wanted to make sure his family was able to remain safe and live a good life he's accepted responsibility and th- and he's been a good boy god it and this is for conduct that leads back many years and everybody should remember that everybody should remember that i'm beginning to
0: think manafort didn't have the best attorney yeah. uh considering yeah. all the lawyers involved in the story that's saying something
1: <laughs> it
0: just well, seems <laughs> like this was a long time ago what's the big
1: deal well, this lawyer's lawyer may have had a better choice. I'm not sure. I mean, I think you go two lawyers down the chain, you're good. It's when you go three or four lawyers, it gets sloppy. But yeah. I, mean, I guess he's the first lawyer. So
0: yeah, that's yeah, yeah he really should be top notch. But he ain't. he ain't. He ain't.
1: September 19th, Michael Flynn, President Donald Trump's a uh, former national security advisor is set to be sentenced on December 18th, following months of delay after he pleaded guilty to lying to the FBI about his contacts with Russian officials during the transition. Oof. <sighs> Jesus, what is the final season of Game of Thrones here? Why? We got to wait so long for this. Come on.
0: Yeah. And then he won't go to prison until uh, 2037, I believe, is how it's (laughs) going to work. We're going to be here a long, long time.
1: September 21st, according to the New York Times, Rosenstein suggested last year that he secretly record President Trump in the White House to expose the chaos consuming the administration. And he discussed recruiting cabinet members to invoke the 25th Amendment to remove Mr. Trump from office for being unfit fucking hang it's a cliffhanger come on
0: yeah it's a cliffhanger we don't this story kind of disappeared really yeah but i thought it was important to include and uh, apparently the rosenstein apparently said this was sarcastic it was kind of like what do you want me to wear a wire that kind of thing but just a just another footnote in the insanity yeah. of the past two years
1: right so october 11th gates's attorney tom green filed the unopposed motion thursday asking a federal judge to let the longtime republican operative remove his electronic gps monitoring device. Uh, eliminate his 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. curfew and allow him to more freely travel to Northern Virginia and Washington, D.C. So finally, finally,
0: Gates can go to all those 3 a.m. Northern Virginia raves his friends keep telling Woo-hoo! him about. Dude, um, and so also, yes, Gates's attorney's name is Tom Green, truly a farce <laughs> of legal proportions.
1: He's not a bad lawyer, even though he doesn't quite have the balls of other lawyers. Oh, oh, that's, oh that's, that's man. That's too much. That's Shouldn't Man. Answer. Too far. Too right. far. Anyway, October 15th, a federal judge on Monday approved a request to end GPS location monitoring of Rick Gates, a former Trump campaign deputy chairman, who is a key cooperating defendant and special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation.
0: It's nice. They asked for it and they got it. It's and lovely. they
1: got it. Yeah, U.S. District, you need to command it, but that's fine. It works too. Yeah. U.S. District Court Judge Amy Berman Jackson granted Gates request, allowing him to be relieved of a bracelet that tracks his movements as he awaits sentencing and continues to meet with prosecutors. She also agreed to allow Gates, who lives in Richmond, Virginia, to travel freely in the area around his home, Northern Virginia and Washington, and to end a nightly curfew.
0: Yeah, so there was like an additional detail here um, because before when, you know, when I was reading the stories about him filing this motion to, you know, end the curfew and to remove the GPS and all this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. it just said Northern Virginia and Washington, D.C. Those are the places he wanted to travel to. And then here they explicitly said that he was also allowed to travel in the area around his home. So just before he just couldn't go outside at all, <laughs> like, I was like, <laughs> you know, I imagine he got out of a lot of yard work that way, though. So that must be
1: nice. Like, sorry, honey, can't travel freely in the area around my home. October 17th, a federal judge rejected Paul Manafort's request to wear a professional suit during a hearing later this week about his sentence, noting the former Trump campaign chairman is now a felon who has lost the right to wear street clothes in all his court proceedings. I'm not
0: really (laughs) sure his ostrich skin suits are street clothes.
1: (laughs) What are street clothes? I I don't know,
0: but I, yeah. I think the ostrich skin suit, that's a little too Certainly advanced. Not I think yeah. there's a level of classiness that goes beyond street clothes. Um, also, I didn't realize us non-felons explicitly had the right to wear street clothes. <laughs> we're, we're, there's already, so in Florida, they're re-enfranchising felons so they could vote. I say yeah. let them wear suits too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, get, everyone should be able to wear a suit. That's right. So something else started on October 17th. There's been a lot of wacky stuff. And this is something that just happened. It's fun. It's a good note to basically end on in these four episodes of just raving lunacy. here's what happened. This started October 17th, give or take, is that several journalists received emails from a person claiming to be named Lorraine Parsons that asserted conservative lobbyist Jack Berkman had hired a man, Jacob Wool's firm, Surefire Intelligence, to offer her more than $20,000 to sign an affidavit falsely accusing Mueller of sexual misconduct and workplace harassment. Just a little, so Jack Berman, Berkman is a conservative conspiracy theorist, which we'll talk about later, and then Jacob Wohl people thought he was a financial genius because he he literally ran a hedge fund when he was a teenager i think now i think he's he's 20 or 21 right now it turns out he was being fraudulent and is now banned from ever trading futures ever again so maybe not such a genius but this is the these are the cast of characters just to you start off this whole insanity
1: also this is like a me too moment but it's like more like me too with a question mark like me Me too too? me Me too
0: too? i'm what who what (laughs) So this person, who referred to themselves as Lorraine Parsons, told the reporters that she had worked with Mueller at the law firm Pillsbury, Madison and Sutro in 1974, and that the man from Surefire had asked her to falsely accuse Mueller of engaging in misconduct during that time. Now, if I remember correctly, I believe Madison and Sutro focused on white collar crime, while Pillsbury focused on white bread crime. <laughs> oh. that's good. I love that bakery-based humor. <laughs> So it turns out that Mueller did work at Pillsbury in 1974, but the firm told reporters that they had no record of any Lorraine Parsons ever
1: working there. So, okay, let me get this right. So this is a direct statement from the Doughboy? No, no? it's one of his um, minions, I believe. I believe the Pillsbury Doughboy has minions, not, you know, associates,
0: per se. Again, the quote-unquote Parsons declined reporters' request to speak on the phone, and none of the reporters published the story until the alleged scheme became evident. This didn't become public knowledge yet on October 17th. This was still just random reporters were kind of getting these weird emails they didn't really know what to do with. What's interesting is that initially, uh, Jacob Wall denied being involved with surefire intelligence at all. From NBC News, quote, Wall declined to comment on his involvement with Surefire Intelligence. However, his email is listed in the domain records for Surefire Intelligence's website, and calls to a number listed on the Surefire Intelligence website went to a voicemail message that provided another phone number listed in public records as belonging to Jacob Wall's mother. Wall stopped responding to NBC News after being told Surefire's official phone number redirects to his mother's voicemail. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He is currently grounded, but we'll keep you updated on this story, obviously.
0: Now, all of this kind of came to a head on November 1st, and this is when they had a press conference. They said that Jack Berkman and Jacob Oll had a press conference. They said, we're going to present an accuser, uh, someone who is going to accuse Robert Mueller of sexual impropriety.
1: I just imagine Mueller watching this, by the way, just like eating popcorn, like, wow, this is just see what this is.
0: Yeah, because eventually once reporters kind of figured out what happened, they let the special counsel know and the special counsel just told the FBI, demanded the FBI kind of investigate this and all that kind of stuff. There's an NBC news story about this press conference, and there's no way to just summarize it. I just I'm going to read the whole thing. There's no other way to really approach this. So here we go. So this is an article uh, by Brandy Zdrozny from NBC News. Jacob Wall, a pro-Trump fan of conspiracy theories, and Jack Berkman, a conservative lobbyist and radio host stood in front of a half full room of reporters and activists at a DC area holiday in Thursday to detail their allegations of sexual misconduct against Robert Mueller, the special counsel probing Russian interference in the 2016 election. The woman who they said has made those allegations, a Los Angeles native in her 30s, was slated to attend the news conference and give her own account. But Wolf said she feared for her life and on arriving in Washington, quote, panicked and boarded a flight to another location. Berkman promised she would appear at another news conference in the near future, uh, foreshadowing she didn't. Wohl and Bergman took turns speaking at the podium, detailing the allegations, complimenting each other, and defending their professional records against charges of conspiracy peddling and political bias. The Confederate the conference was streamed by several reporters in the room. A pickup truck parked in the lot outside by one of the activists in attendance carried a giant inflatable rat wearing a blonde Trump toupee. Earlier this week, several journalists reported on Twitter that they had received suspicious emails from a woman claiming someone had offered to pay her for making sexual misconduct allegations against Mueller. The journalist said those offers had come from Surefire Intelligence, a company NBC News connected to Jacob Wall through telephone and domain records, which is what we've already talked about. Their claims were later bolstered by a second woman who came forward with an email offering similar payments in exchange for smearing Mueller, signed by a surefire agent. Bergman opened the news conference by addressing the controversy. None of this is true, Berkman said of the allegations he and Wall had involved in a plot. There were no offers of payment. There was no wrongdoing. There was no bribery. There was nothing illegal or untoward or unethical that took place here, Wall said. Also, uh, Wool's fly was down during this whole press conference. Just to just to let you know. So, the special counsel's office asked the FBI to investigate the matter last week after learning of the alleged plot to smear Mueller. Berkman and Wool said they had not been contacted by the FBI. I don't think the bureau would embarrass itself by calling us, talking about people that don't exist, Berkman said. Wool told reporters that the woman making allegations had contacted Wool with claims Mueller had sexually assaulted her in a New York City hotel room in August of 2010. Explaining that his, quote, default position is to, quote, not believe women who come forward with allegations of sexual assault, Wolt told reporters that he found the woman now accusing Mueller credible. Wolt said he had met her after she hired his company, Surefire Intelligence, to handle quote, an estate matter. She later came back to him with the allegations. Little is known about the woman allegedly making these allegations. After Wool and Berkman went back and forth on the exact spelling of her name, Wall described her as a fashion designer who is well educated and comes from a good family. She is a gal who has an illustrious background, and she is not politically oriented, Wool said. We went through every meticulous detail of her allegation. We cross referenced it with public records. We joined historical societies to get some of those records, he said. Wolfe said they were in the process of going to police with the woman's allegations and would file a report by the end of the week. Berkman then stepped in and said the decision would be up to my client, and the evidence-gathering process was mid-investigation. We have tentacles out in all directions gathering evidence, Berkman said. They further claimed to have more victims whose stories they were currently vetting. Hundreds of people have contacted us this week, Wall said. Berkman is well known for peddling baseless conspiracy theories surrounding the murder of Democratic aide Seth Rich and promoting bombshell information that never materializes. Last November, again at a holiday inn, Berkman sent reporters home without making good on what he had advertised as new allegations of sexual harassment against a member of Congress. Likewise, Woll, a former hedge fund manager now banned from the financial industry, has amplified prominent conspiracy theories as a writer for the Gateway Pundit, an often inaccurate right-wing website. When Woll and Berkman opened the floor to questions, the assembled reporters were unrestrained. Wohl was asked about his political bias, specifically for his tweets attacking Mueller, including one where he wrote the special counsel should be sent to Guantanamo Bay. Wolf said his personal opinion had no effect on his professional handling of the investigation. Other reporters questioned 20-year-old Wolf's experience in the intelligence-gathering business and why he had lied to reporters days earlier when he denied having any part in the investigation. Berkman responded, calling Wolf a child prodigy who was a clipped Mozart. At one point, Will Sommer from the Daily Beast said, quote, "'No one is discounting the woman's account. We didn't know her name until 20 minutes ago. We're questioning both you two very uncredible people. NBC News has elected not to publish the woman's name because she has not gone public.' And because of concerns about Wall and Berkman's credibility, when questioned about a Washington Post account of Mueller at jury duty in D.C. on the date of the alleged incident in New York, Wall accused the paper of reporting the story to discredit the woman. When reporters laughed at Wool's suggestion <laughs> that sometimes people go to jury duty, but they're also somewhere else, <laughs> Wall admonished the audience. Jeez. It's not funny. It's not a laughing matter, he said. As the hour they had booked was almost up, Berkman announced he would take one more question. Someone from the back shouted, Are you both prepared for federal prison? (laughs) No, we are not, Berkman answered. (laughs) Eddie L. Kaplan contributed. That is amazing. And if you want just another taste, I just bumped into this, like looking up Jake Wall. Mm -hmm. It was like one of the first things I saw when I Googled his name. This was one of his most recent tweets. So this was literally a couple days ago. He said, most of the wildfires are started by illegal alien arsonists. (laughs) One of the facts that the media loves to sweep under the rug.
1: I, it's, we, I, it's weird to me because I just assume they were started by Muslims who force happy holidays down your throat. Oh, they are. The Muslims are the illegal aliens. Yeah, that's a good point. You. That's the caravan. Yeah, that's, that's part the of the caravan. What, the people from the Middle East coming
0: with smallpox. Jihadis. Yep. All right. And then November 6th. Are we hearing uh, about, it? wait, a, wait, wait, is
1: there a caravan still coming? I haven't heard about that since November 6th. Oh, no, no, oh. it's um it was canceled oh, the after canceled the election. Ele- okay, okay, the caravan was yeah, canceled. Yeah, because it was clearly a Democrat
0: ploy um to embarrass the president. <laughs>
1: I see, okay.
0: And that's why, because they're trying to make it like, oh, well, they're not talking about it anymore because <laughs> right. it's not the elections, but it's the
1: reverse, that's, you see. That's right, that's right.
0: So, November 6th, just a couple days ago with the midterm elections, I don't know if you've heard about them. Hmm. It was fairly predictable uh, based on so like 538's predictions, for example, and a few other people that the Republicans kept control of the Senate while Democrats gained control of the
1: House. So uh, what November 7th Sessions resigns, Ooh, it is definitely up to him. Um, I see no other reason to believe that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Whitaker is acting attorney general. Rosenstein no longer supervises a special counsel. So who is Whittaker? Whitaker. Well, he's he is very opinionated on what he thinks about the Mueller investigation. He has previously said this about the Mueller investigation. He's super into it. He's super into it in a certain way. Quote, the Mueller investigation is going too far. Oh. Also, you know. So also saying, quote, it does not take a lawyer or even a, a former federal prosecutor like myself to conclude that the that investigating Donald Trump's finances or his family's finances falls completely outside of the realm of this 2016 campaign and allegations that the campaign coordinated with the Russian government or anyone else. So he's, he's also publicly defended the controversial meeting, which is now a holiday between Donald Trump <laughs> Jr. and Russia, Russia's uh, Russians at the Trump Tower in 2016. Yeah, it depends good on year. whether
0: or not we're in that alternate timeline yet. I don't right, know. That's it's, a good point. Yeah, I'm not a physicist. So you have to ask (laughs) someone in in those departments.
1: And what else is new here? Currently, Democrats are demanding he also recuse himself, Whitaker, uh, from the Russia investigation due to his outspoken bias. I don't see why. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell stands by his statement though, recently, that the Mueller investigation does not need protection and refuses to let a bill go through to protect the investigation. Because why? Well, he says it's unnecessary. It's such a bizarre... This is so weird to me. Like, what harm is this going to do? Right. There's no reason. Like, there's no no reason to think that Trump would do anything, except that Trump has said he would want to do something. If the
0: bill was that, like, look, in order to protect Mueller... Um, We need to just abort every right, baby. Right. Then I would get, okay, there's a cost benefit here. But that doesn't
1: seem to be the case as far as I'm concerned. So this always just, yeah, it's, just it's, confounded it's me. It's amazing. So Trump has said he will appoint a permanent attorney general down the road. So, you know, okay. Meanwhile, Republicans control both chambers of Congress until the beginning of next year. So that's where we're at.
0: And yeah, I think that is it. That's the Russia investigation. nice and neat. Yeah, and so... What did you learn, Brent? What did you learn most of all in this oh, particular God. episode? In this, in
1: this, in this episode, I would say the obviously, obviously, the article stood out to me. Yeah, and that was yeah a very good enjoyment. And, and in fact, as you were reading it, I had all kinds of. Little jokes here and there, and I just started erasing them as you're reading it because it's just this is just uh, standalone. It just, it's, really, it's,
0: yeah, it stands on its own. It's just a very. <laughs> it was a good article. And one thing I want to add is just the incredible work by just so many journalists out there. Yes, um, that we were got references from. You know, our main source was the PBS Russia timeline, which literally goes back to the early '90s, if I'm not yeah, mistaken.
1: Which we couldn't go that far back. Or this would be which, yeah, we, we, <laughs> we've been doing we this for the We to beginning. talk about something yeah. else. Yeah, it was and really good. so
0: many sources from the New York Times, Fact-check. from...
1: Factcheck.org had a great breakdown. Factcheck.org.
0: Yeah. Um, Politico, from, you
1: said, was some of the last... Uh, yeah.
0: Politico, I used Politico. They were uh, really helpful. A lot of their articles made up the kind of last, because the the PBS timeline goes up to August 21st, I believe, mm-hmm. is their last entry. So for the last several months, uh, Politico was a really helpful resource to kind of get you know dates and times and stuff like that. You know, we took from CNN, we took from Wikipedia yeah, sometimes, New York times, uh, Washington times, Post Moscow
1: project, all those.
0: Uh, Moscow Project, really good website, Vox, you know, Reuters, you know, AP, just a really tremendous you know, group of folks who deserve all the resources that we can all give them yeah. and all the appreciation and thanks that we can give them. And we could not have done these episodes without their incredible hard yeah, And I just wanted to make that very clear. This was, you know, we added a few chuckles to the work of these serious journalists. Mm-hmm. And so I want to give thanks to them. And so, yeah, again, that's it for Russia. Um, I mean, not really. That's it for us talking about <laughs> right. it right now. We're going to move on to something totally different, totally different, much more light hearted um, for the uh, the next uh, few episodes. So stay tuned for that. And as always, just want to let you know that you can find us on several parts of the universe. You can find us on we just we have a website. So that would be none dare call it that has links to uh, several of the places where you can find the podcast, including SoundCloud, um, Stitcher, you know, the iTunes, all that kind of stuff you can also find us on twitter and that would be ndcio or at ndcio you can find us on instagram at none dare call it ordinary on reddit uh, none dare call ordinary and also you can we also have a youtube channel now which we haven't done much with we did we were able to do a live kind of midterm election stream which i thought was a lot of fun yeah, that was good and also i'm going to start editing the episodes live so you'll you won't you'll learn about that for you know the next episodes yeah you know, so i'm probably going to start i might start tonight actually nice. But that'll be on there and I'll be editing. You know, you'll see kind of the process I go through. You know, we could talk about the episodes. You can ask questions, all that kind of stuff. Just a way to make it less tedious for me, (laughs) really. (laughs) And, you know, that's it for this episode. And I just want to let everyone know that we are done!